A stu stu Studio D production. That was that good. I feel like it has to be a gradual thing. Okay. You want to start higher? And then we have to go back. Up. People don't understand how hard it is. To sing badly. Do you want? Do you want to hear it? I do want to hear it. I do. I do. Well, I used to kind of hear voices, oh. but you start. Sit to down. I want to tell you a story. A really weird and messed up story with murdering ghosts and gobbly ghouls. It's all really fucked up, so don't you be fooled. It's my favorite musical. It's effed up. Well, Nobody heard introduce it. us, please. <laughs> Hello, all you bitches. <laughs> Welcome to Effed Up Family Storytime. <laughs> I am Salem. Let Wait, is that's not real, right? We're not going to say. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I just like calling people bitches. Ourselves. It's not offensive. Um, can you introduce us for real? I think I have to. <laughs> You can still say bitches. I'm sorry. Yeah, I no. ruined it all because I thought you were going to cut that. Anyway. No, I thought I so too. And so I, my reaction to it alone was like, not good. <laughs> Bonjour, everyone. Welcome to F'd Up Family Storytime. Did we do that in the last episode? No, but no. we didn't actually keep it. Oh. But, <laughs> but Jess said, Bonjour. Bonjour. All right. I'm just going to do it normal because <laughs> I can't fucking do it any other way. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Effed Up Family Storytime. I'm Salem. And I'm Hannah. <laughs> See, I can't do it without sounding like I'm on a fucking no. game show. I, I was not laughing at your voice. I was laughing at how your whole body got into it. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Effed Up Family Storytime. That's probably why you feel like you're on a game show, because your yeah. voice doesn't sound like you're on a game show, but your actions are making you feel. <laughs> I can't do okay. it otherwise. Everybody close their eyes and let Salem try again. Close your eyes. You gotta close your eyes <laughs> for <And> me. <laughs> oh my god! Hello, everyone. Welcome to Effed Up Family Storytime. I'm Salem, and I'm Hannah. And with us today, we've got the crew: Bell, Heyo, and Jess. Hi. Which seems to be the regular crew lately. We're going to shake it up, though. We're going to shake this shit up because I'm running away. And then there's going to be an empty spot here for whoever would like to take it so over. So, Steve, if you'd like to come out here, that DM was what us. It was. DM us and we'll send you our address. I remember. Oh, she I told Kyle. I told Kyle that we should call our fans all of our little shimmies. <laughs> Our shimmies. Our shimmies. Sorry, all you shimmies out there. Uh, what did she do to you? Hannah goes. Hannah. Do it to mom. Do it to mom. Oh, no. I wheeze when I laugh sometimes. I know, it's my favorite, but that wasn't even the funniest part. The funniest part was your gremlin arms. I lick my balls. So this week, <laughs> Hannah is telling the story. We haven't. Wait, we did it. We, we did it ourselves. I can't even remember. We did. So I, I just want to say really quickly, James has like a really dumb fact about Imagine Dragons, the band. Every time that song Believer comes on, he's like, this was the song they used in the Switch commercial. And he does it like without fail every single time. But now I have a dumb fact about Imagine Dragons, which is that the lead singer and I both have the same autoimmune disorder. Oh, <laughs> and I said that to James. <laughs> and <you're> like, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that was such a great like witch laugh. <laughs> so so evil, you're gonna be evil. I know. I know. It's just like, and it was just part of her speaking too. It wasn't even like it was just. Oh, look at that laugh. It was just like her. So natural. 
<laughs> and for the listeners at home, she also threw her head back and had her, and hands, had her up. hands up when she did that. So um, that added to it. Yeah, she yes. added. Just does, does this <laughs> I, I told James that. And then without even a pause, I turned to him and I was like, we both have ligma. <laughs> joke i've ever made i think (laughs) (laughs) did he say it no because james knows like it was it's an internet joke like a meme that everyone is like you've got ligma i've never seen that meme i've never (laughs) seen it (laughs) and then is it literally like then ligma balls ligma balls balls. (laughs) 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 yeah we both got ligma we both have ligma (laughs) knock knock is there ligma? That's not how it works. <laughs> but why can't it be a knock knock joke? knock knock joke. It's like the perfect <laughs> setup. Really the two did. parts. Knock like, knock, Jess. Who's there? Ligma. Ligma who? Ligma balls. Oh! <laughs> it's because. <laughs> everyone it's because it started as a joke specifically that it was like ligma was a disease oh okay <laughs> so everyone was like oh he's got ligma it still makes a good knock knock joke i'm sorry oh. That's how she ends all her songs. <laughs> and then it falls off. Yeah. That's how she ends them all. That's so grandpa did though too. I did it until that So grandpa is playing the piano for my recital and <laughs> he keeps trying to end songs with like do you think he wouldn't actually do that at your recital? I know he wouldn't do it. He's just fucking with you. Well, okay, we have decided for one song that that is legitimately how we are ending the song. Nice. Because we both think it's are you, fucking hilarious. Are you going to like, pose like this? <laughs> so this week, Hannah is telling us the story. Hannah, I'm going to let you take it away. Okay. Um, I want to really quickly before I start the story say that because I wrote it in my notes app on my phone, but also on my notes app when I opened it up, <laughs> I have a note that just says watered down and milked up. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Is that a store? I don't know what it means. <laughs> watered down and milked, milked up. up. <laughs> What's your story, Hannah? Um, my story is about Isai Sagawa, who I will tell you about. I was gonna like give you a synopsis, but why would I? I'm about because to you're tell about the story. to tell us all about it. Yeah. I, I'm not familiar with that name, so yay, me either. I mean, so, maybe not yay. Mm-hmm. Usually, our stories don't end. Not with very yay. yay. Not actually the opposite of yay. But I am excited to hear you tell it. So. Thank you. Um, so Sagawa was born April 26th of 1949 in Kobe, Japan. He was born to wealthy parents. His father, Akira Sagawa, was a businessman and served as president of Kurita Water Industries. And his grandfather was editor for the Asahi Shimbun, which I think is like a Japanese newspaper or magazine. Not entirely sure. Um, Sagawa was born fairly premature and he was extremely small. And it was said that he could fit into the palm of his father's hand when he was born. Aww. Um, due to his being be- being born premature, he developed in- enteritis, which is a disease of the small intestine. So Sagawa recovered after receiving injections. I think it was of like calcium and potassium when he was a baby. And so he was fine. He was just very small and very weak like most of his life. He developed a strong interest in literature um, due to his health problems and due to just being like an introvert overall. And he eventually went to go to college for English literature. But when he was in, I think, elementary school, he attended a school in Kamakura, Japan. And that's when he experienced his first cannibalistic desires. He said it was in first grade after seeing a man's thigh. 
Just in regular first thigh. grade, first grade, just a, so it's like six years just old. Saw but a like man a, wearing shorts. Like yeah. of a, it wasn't even bleeding or anything. Like just, just like a that, live man's thigh. It's like ooh, with the hair yum. and everything on yummy it. Yummy meat mm-hmm. right there. <laughs> I I imagined it. I mean, I like biting a man's thigh sometimes, but <laughs> I T M I don't like just see a man's thigh out in the public and like mm, hungry. Right, you know, like disgusting. Like that, biting a thigh is different than eating, eating a, thigh. a thigh, unless it's a chicken thigh. Yes, mm, chicken. I I imagined it like that scene in that movie, My Friend Dahmer, um, where Jeffrey Dahmer is seeing someone run up his street, and he and like part of the reason with him is because he didn't want to be gay because he grew oh, up in like okay. Wyoming, Wisconsin, whichever one it is. He like saw that guy running, and that's when he started having like murderous and cannibalistic fantasies. And so that's what I kind of equated it to. I liken it to when Jesse was looking at Granny's butt and like, hmm, I wonder what it would be like <laughs> to bite that. And then she did, and then she got slapped, and Granny slapped the cannibalism right out of her. <laughs> yeah, because that was my intent to eat right through her pants no, to her flesh. No, I know you didn't want to eat the meat, but. <laughs> I remember when they asked why you did it. You were like, I just wanted to see what it would be like. You were like, I just wanted to bite it. I don't know. It was there in front of my face and I wanted to bite it. young child stuff of lack of impulse control. Yeah. yeah. But it wasn't that I the never same. grew out of. Because you weren't like, mm, hungry. No. Okay. I wasn't like, I need something to eat. Ooh. It was more like, I need a chew toy. It was toy. more like, Granny was short and I was the same height as her butt. Uh, yeah, and I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. why not? Why not? <laughs> this tiny kid standing in a sea of adult butts. <laughs> All oh, right. Man. Um, in an interview in 2011, Sagawa reported that he partook in bestiality with his dog Ugh. and had cannibalistic desires for women starting in like his early youth. Ugh. That's so weird. Just to like be having like in an early youth to be craving eating people. Yeah. Yeah. Very strange. Um, Sagawa attended Waco University. Well, that's a bad sign already. It could be pronounced wildly differently because it is Japanese. Wacko. It's, uh, <laughs> that's not wacko. any better. <laughs> it's W-A-K-O. I don't know. Um w- uh, w- yeah, I'm just going to say Waco. <laughs> that works. <laughs> he attended Waco University, and when he was 24, he followed a German woman home. Mm. He broke into her apartment while she was asleep with the intention of slicing off, slicing off a piece of her buttocks and running away. However, she woke up, and he was caught by the police, and he was charged with attempted rape. So wait, he just wanted to sneak in. And yeah, cut, cut a her- piece of her butt off. And... Hope she didn't wake up yeah. as she felt this knife piercing her skin. Because yeah. I think I'd wake up. Yeah. I mean, of course you would. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Your ass is literally being cut off of you. I right, think you would like, wake up. But, but <laughs> yeah, that, you're not going to get a clean slice, like, I don't think. But like, but like that's How? the level of like ridiculousness of this guy's yeah, either intelligent or outlook on life or whatever because that he's like, she, she won't notice. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and also, so he was charged with attempted rape, which was not his intention, at least what he said. But he didn't tell the police that he had those cannibalistic impulses, which just goes to show that from an early age, from at least the age of 24, he realized that those cannibalistic impulses were wrong. Yeah. And that he would rather be branded as a rapist, as an attempted rapist, than than as a cannibal. Yeah. So the charges against Sagawa were dropped when his father paid a settlement to the victim. Gotta love having rich parents. So in 1977, when Sagawa was 27, he moved to Paris to pursue a PhD. Um, While he was in Paris, he took home a sex worker almost every night and attempted to shoot them, but his finger could never pull the trigger because he froze. So did they know he was going to shoot them? I, I don't know. And this is just like what he said about it. He just said that he was taking sex, sex workers homes a lot with the intention of killing them, but he never could bring himself to do it. Okay. Um, but he was definitely leading up to it 
from the time that he moved to Paris. And that is where we will take our break. Oh, okay. That's yeah. like expensive. Yeah. Taking a sex ho- worker uh, home every, every night. night. Single yeah. night. Yeah. I guess rich parents, though. Rich parents, yeah. Huh. Well, good. Cool. I guess that's where we're going to take our break. Cool. Break time. Sorry. Do we want to just jump right in? We're back from our yeah. break. Yeah. We can jump in. All right. We can get back to Hannah telling us a story about Ligma. I mean, <laughs> about what? what's his name? Isai Sagawa. Sagawa. Ligma. Um, Ligma. So when his middle name, (laughs) Isai Ligma Sagawa. (laughs) (laughs) Um, when we left off, I don't have my headphones on. I'm like, it sounds funny, guys. Doesn't sound like it usually does. (laughs) So when we left off, uh, Sagawa had moved to Paris, France, in order to pursue his PhD, and in on June. 11th of 1981 Sagawa who was 32 at this point invited his Dutch classmate Renee Hartevelt over for dinner he had planned to kill and eat her and has had chosen her for her health and beauty because Sagawa felt that he lacked health and beauty he was very small I think he was four foot nine inches tall he was always very sickly as I had mentioned before and so he chose this woman who was 25, I think five foot 10, very beautiful, very healthy as his victim, because he thought that killing her and eating her would allow him to absorb her energy. That's kind of like a, uh, almost like a Native American belief that like you eat the body parts of animals that you want to like gain there. Right. Not like people, I used though. to always eat the chicken heart and be like, I now have the power of the chicken. Remember that when we would be... But chickens yeah. are kind of afraid of everything. Yeah, and so. then I would run around the kitchen <laughs> going, paka, 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 and then I mean, mom would, would yell at really me. would you really want the heart of a chicken? Oh, I love eating the heart of a chicken. No, but I mean to be that way. Well, yeah, they're carefree. I always like their livers filter out the bad stuff. That's what I ate. That's why I can drink so much. I always ate the chicken livers. Because uh, I eat so much <laughs> liver. Is that why I can drink so much? So Renee arrived at Sagawa's home and started reading poetry with her back turned to him because she was invited there under the pretense of like reading and practicing poetry for their literature classes. When she had her her back turned to him, Sagawa shot her in the neck with a rifle and then passed out from shock after shooting her. He does need to eat somebody with some power, doesn't he? Yeah, he's kind of a pussy. (laughs) He's like, oh my God, I shot her. I really want to kill people and eat them. But, oh, my God, I killed her. Pass out now. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. That's like warring, <laughs> two different identities warring inside this. It's one who wants weird. to be a psychopath and one who's afraid of everything. Yeah. Well, and it, it, again, is just like more proof that he knows what he's doing and what he yeah. wants to do or wrong. True. Which yeah. we'll get into that in a moment. Um, after he woke up from passing out, he knew that he had to finish his plan. So Sagawa had sex with the corpse of Renee Hartevelt before trying to bite into her skin, but he was unable to because his teeth weren't sharp enough. So he left his home to go and buy a butcher knife. And when he returned, he's not very prepared for someone who wants to eat people. No, it it feels like very much just following the impulses in the moment that he has those impulses. Yeah. You'd think if you really wanted to eat people, you would buy the things ahead of time. Like, here's my knife. Well, and and... I know my teeth aren't that sharp, but I know I could bite through somebody's skin if I wanted to. Well, and I also wonder, too, if it's like he, I mean, like, obviously, like Kenna has mentioned, he knew that what he was doing in these impulses that that he probably shouldn't act upon. So he probably didn't set himself up because he he, probably didn't actually want to go through with it to an extent i mean obviously he wanted to enough to do it because think about when you have bitten someone or been bit and how hard you can bite before you break skin so he would have had to really wanted to and if he's like both bell and hannah were saying like i know it's wrong he may not have even bitten hard enough that he could break this yeah that makes sense So when Sagawa returned, he consumed different parts of Renee's body and ate most of her breasts and face. He took pictures of her corpse in various stages of him eating her. 
and then attempted to dump her body in the lake at this is a French thing, so I'm going to butcher it and I apologize. At Boy de Bouillon. Okay. Boy, Boy de, Bouillon. de Bouillon. He <laughs> was caught by French police four days after the murder had taken place. While he was trying to, While dump, he the was body. Trying to dump the body. Um, Sagawa's father, his very wealthy father, provided him a lawyer. And after being held in custody for two years awaiting trial, Isai Sagawa was declared legally insane and unfit to stand trial. Eh. Which, this is where his actions, him knowing that his actions were wrong, and having very definitive proof that he knew what he was doing was wrong. He wasn't insane. He was not legally insane. No, by any means. No, not even close. He just had a rich daddy. Yep, yep, yep. Sad. Um, no, I mean, like, I mean, the legal definition of insanity right. involves that you didn't know but what this, you were doing yeah. was wrong. But yeah. this idea that your impulse is so strong, you keep doing it despite like how hard it is for you to me that. Well, and like, I don't know what the legal definition of insanity is in France, so it could no. be different. I, like, I'm sure that it is different from what it is here to, in America. I'm, and I'm not saying that he should be declared legally insane and not punished. I'm just saying, like, to me, there's something more than someone who yeah. knows it's wrong and does it anyway, as opposed to someone who seems like they're fighting and has that lack with, of impulse control. Yeah, they're fighting I, with themselves. It's all you know? different shades of mental illness. Yes, and they I agree all, that he definitely had a mental illness. I mean, at that, least like, he was America, unable to check the way that but, we persecute crime in this country and for anything is well. And his know. his actions after the fact, like after all of this, that I'm I'll get into in a, a second, also just kind of proves that. He, I don't think he really fits any legal definition of insanity. Mm. And I think that it really was just the fact that he came from a wealthy family. And I think partially the fact that he wasn't like a French native. I think the mm. fact that he was a citizen of Japan had something to do with it as well. So a French judge ordered Sagawa to be held indefinitely in a mental institution and he was sent there for a few years where he was, and during that time he was visited by the author Inuhu. Hmm, hold on, I'm sorry, this is a Japanese name and I apologize. So Sagawa was visited by author Inuhiko Yamoda. And his Sagawa's account of the murder of Rene Hartevelt was published in Japan under the title In the Fog. And after this was published, he gained a lot of publicity and became somewhat of like a macabre celebrity especially in Japan. Um, And this definitely contributed to France's decision to deport Sagawa back to Japan. When he arrived in Japan, he was indefinitely committed to a hospital in Tokyo, but the examining psychologists at the Tokyo hospital all declared him sane. They found that sexual perversion was the reason for the murder of Rene Hartevelt and since charges against Sagawa had been dropped in France because he was deemed unfit to stand trial, the court documents had been sealed and not released to Japan. So this meant that Sagawa could not be legally detained once he was deported back to Japan. He checked himself out of the hospital on August 12th, 1986, and he has remained free ever since. So he served... Five years? Not even, because he was he was technically and he killed that woman, right? He killed yeah, one killed her. and ate her. And there's no dispute against that. He has admitted to it. Jeez. There's a plethora Ugh. of evidence, and he never served any time in prison for it. The little bit of time that he did, the about like four years that he spent and there, even in custody no were way at a mental for, institution. Like, Japanese so officials to like get a hold nope. of French officials and get the records like sent over because he's still no, a because danger to the society. charges were dropped. The charges right. were dropped. Ugh. Which and is so, what happens when you're declared mentally insane. Yeah. Like they, you're institutionalized, but you don't have charges against you because exactly. you were often, not in a, the right mind to know that what, what those charges, charges mean. mean. Exactly. Exactly. But aren't you still usually institutionalized for a long period of time? Well, exactly. Yes. yes. And that's had thing, he yeah. not been deported from France, he would still have been in a mental institution because France was the one who declared him legally insane. Yeah. So he but would have remained in that He would have remained in that institution in France. But since when he came back to Japan, mm. the Japanese doctors 
found him sane and found okay. him legally sane and found that he would have been fit to stand trial. But they didn't they retry him. They had no him. legal well, they grounds couldn't to because hold him. They retry him because it didn't it was happen. Already, right. yeah. In Japan, it, exactly. In Japan. Right. So it's really just like... He just slipped through the he cracks. He slipped through the cracks because he wasn't a French well, citizen. He slipped through the loopholes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got lucky. Yeah. Because France supported him. Exactly. Jeez. <sighs> Gross. Bunch of fucking bullshit. It gets grosser. Uh-oh. <laughs> There's more. Um, since his release, and until about 1997, Sagawa was invited to be a guest speaker or a comment or a commentator on various television shows in Japan. Um, in 1992, he appeared in Haisayu. Oh, hold on. Haisayasu Sato's exploitation film called Iwakizuma Chijo Kuzume which translates to unfaithful wife, shameful torture. And he was a star in that film. I'm sorry. Japanese language is so cool. Um, Sagawa has written many books as well about the murder of Rene Hartevelt, as well as a book called Shonen A, which is a book about the Kobe child murderers. And he was born and raised in Kobe, Japan. So I think that's why he wrote that that's book about that. The place where beef comes from. Yes, it is. And that's kind of one thing, <laughs> one job, thing that Jess. was pointed out uh, when he became like very infamous in Japan. It was that he came from Kobe and he was a cannibal. And like Kobe is known for its meat. It's known for oh. its famous beef, uh, like worldly renowned beef. It's and so everyone was beef, like, oh, question mark? Uh, another really fucked up thing kind of in the similar vein of like him being from Kobe and Kobe being famous for beef. Sagawa wrote several restaurant reviews for the Japanese magazine spa. And that was like very intentionally because he was a cannibal. I really like the steak, but it just can't compare to human. They should really think about serving more human dishes. (sighs) I'm going to see if I can find it, but there's this one fucking picture of him. I think it was on the cover of Spa, Ugh. and it's like a really fucking creepy picture. This one here it is, yeah. And that was like that was the like restaurant the... review photo after he had been released from from the the famous cannibal yep. <laughs> reviews our restaurant. He was like famous really... cannibal. What kind of meat is he eating in this picture? Yeah, there was like this weird, strange fascination with him in the nineties, specifically after he was released that like he became a celebrity essentially that is yeah. weird that's weird. so creepy cultures are up. so odd well i mean it's not <laughs> no well, just... like well we've done it in america for sure casey anthony i think is the best comparison that we have in america to something like this where it was like nobody was on casey anthony's side just because she was acquitted doesn't mean that not every single person in america thinks that she fucking killed her child um do you not O.J. Simpson. O.J. Simpson. Yeah, that's another him. great. But he was famous. He was famous before. a celebrity before he killed. He killed yeah, his but wife. everybody fucking knows he killed his wife, and he's even yeah. said things, basically confessing to uh, killing his wife in public, see, made comments. I, I think that's reverse, but, though. I think that's he's a celebrity, so people are writing people it off versus love him. people. But the, but I think well, that's why similar. he couldn't have done it because he's a celebrity. Like yeah. this guy's the reverse of nobody knew who the fuck this guy you was. You're right. Maybe Casey An- he Anthony came is from a, a lot of money and analogy. so he was able yeah. to get off scot free essentially because yeah. he came from a family. But of maybe wealth. Casey Anthony but, is yeah. a better analogy. I get that because people did love OJ Simpson. Already, there was that whole group of people that were just like, I'm gonna juice. love him no matter. Yeah, no matter what. Mm. You know the juice, like but, if, so. Yeah. No, I hear what you're saying, Jess. Yeah, but But I think I think like we were talking about writing for a newspaper or a magazine. Well, no, but she was like very famous for a while after her trial. But here's was she famous because of the trial? Yes. But that's the thing. So yeah, I get someone being famous because of a trial, but having such an obsession and becoming like a pulp pop culture icon that you want to meet and you want to have them work for you because they're going to get you more revenue because they're famous like that's well, but different. I don't I don't think that it was that like that wasn't this with Isai Sagawa it was just I think the morbid fascination with it and I think 
the fact that he wasn't in prison. The shock value, think, maybe? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm a I restaurant mean, and I have a cannibal on my well, on my thing, ad, like, you know, mm, or whatever. That like, shock value, maybe? They had to know that that... They had to have done that on purpose. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. you're a cannibal. Come write restaurant reviews. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Because they were using his infamy as a monetary gain from right. themselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's, because they knew that they someone would see and his me, name and be like, oh, oh, so yeah, that, I agree. So that's the point I was trying to get to. And I'm sorry if I did not articulate it well. But that's the point I was trying to get to. Is it gross that companies mm-hmm. are wanting to profit off of Well, him. I mean, if, you know, Nike didn't get completely boycotted i'm absolutely positive that they would fucking you know i don't know reach out to some fucking serial killer in prison and have them model their new pair of shoes like it's like and it's all gross. about like but like you're just adding like to my companies point. well that's the thing is any that companies company are gross but it. every company would not you know refrain from any company would do it if they thought they could get away away with it it. and if they thought that they would make more money they make shoes and skateboards with people's fucking blood in it now i think that i think there are a lot of companies that would do it but i think it's a very very like not every company no not Not every company but i think that most companies if they knew that they would make more money than they would lose yeah would not hesitate to do something like that yeah, because we live I in a gross so. society. Why, are, why is the way you're saying this sound like you're disagreeing with what I said about no, that I'm not magazine? But like the way you said it made it feel because you were like, <laughs> like, I don't want to argue with you. You were because you were like, but I guarantee that, and it's so that's why I'm like, are you agreeing? Like, what is happening? Belle? No, I am agreeing with you. Well, you will be you will be glad to know that currently at this time and since like around 1997 late 90s early 2000s sagawa hasn't really been able to find any publishers for his work uh, and he also has had a very hard time finding any kind of employment so it was like a very short-lived thing where everyone was fascinated by it and like paying him for shit and writing and like publishing his books and all of this shit and they wanted to hear from him but then i think People they, like, realize they're like, mm, that's fucked up. He's literally a murderer and a cannibal. We should not be paying this man well, for anything. Good. <laughs> I know good. it goes against what we do on our podcast, but I would be completely content content if they're if names were never released. Oh, absolutely. Like we could still tell our stories with and the killer. Uh huh. hundred percent. You know, I, we don't yeah. have to know their names. How many people throughout the course of time have admitted? that they committed heinous acts just because they wanted to be famous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's like currently with the mass shooting and like gun violence problem that we have in America, a lot of people have been pushing for like news outlets to not say the names of the shooters because specifically when you look at mass shootings, like that is what they are looking for more so than like serial killers, more so than just like one off murderers, mass shooters want the infamy and they want a high body count and that's what they go for. They're going for the biggest that they can do on their own. Yeah. And so in the shortest amount of time. Yeah. And when, like, they know they're going to be caught in a mass shooting, you know you're going to be caught 100%. Going into that, you you know that's the end game. If you want your name out there, though, too. Yeah. Like, you have to kind of want to be caught. Well, there's this weird sickness with these, with a lot of these murderers, especially like serial killers (laughs) and stuff. There's this weird kind of sickness that comes with it that's like they want the fame. It's why a lot of the serial killers would write letters. Like, like, yeah, like when the the trail starts to go cold, they would contact the police or they would put a letter out to the press or they would, you know, because they want to be seen. They want infamy for what they're doing. They don't want to be caught necessarily, but they want people to know what they're doing and know who they are. I think... I think in my mind with serial killers, a lot of them want to feel like they're winning. And so if people are talking about them and know who they are, but they can't catch them, they're winning. I think it's not as much about like the actual having their name out there. It's more so about if every like the prolonged fear, I think is a lot of it. And I think a lot of it is. Like you were talking about, like they're winning. Like it's like not as much about <coughs> wanting to be recognized for them, 
but more about wanting to be recognized well, for, for their, their work and if yeah. people for, because they're proud of the disgusting right. things that they're doing. Well, and yeah. if people and the media and police stop talking about and looking for them, then the killers no longer won. Yeah, because yeah. nobody's paying attention to them. What's nobody's the point seeing of doing, doing it if nobody is going to pay attention to well, it. Well, there yeah. are those serial killers that just kill because they like it. You got to wonder if because this killer, I can't say his name, Sagawa. Did this, you know, because he came from this wealthy family where you have this entitlement and you kind of have this presence and you have this aura, if he just wanted to be recognized for doing something well, or did he, I mean, like if he started to have these impulses I, when he was a kid, yeah. then why didn't he continue after he was released from his institutionalization? Well, point, why didn't he continue to have these urges? He, maybe he I did think and he did. just never caught I think him. I, I can't be sure and I could be completely wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure in a video that I watched about him, he has like he's said after his release that he did still have those urges and whether or not that was like him playing it up for the cameras that he knew were watching but or, if he had these like urges since he was a little kid, I can't. And, but well, then he didn't and he act waited on until it. he was thirty-two. So to act he maybe on them. had enough self-control. Well, and I think that's part of it, but I also think. It, it's kind of like he realized that he got lucky the first time. He realized that too. he was able to act on those Didn't urges. Didn't want to risk but it. But then, because he, he knew when that he if was it happened released, again, there was no op- yeah. no no hope for him because, because he was already he had, deemed sane. He and was he had already doing had the evidence Japan, against him. They wouldn't yeah. have hesitated to throw him away for life. Absolutely. And Japan has like some fairly harsh. Yeah, Japan is not a place you want to get no. caught for something <laughs> like that. So. Sagawa was almost accepted by a French language school as like a teacher there because the director was, quote, unquote, impressed by his courage to use his real name. Oh, which is a gross thing to say. Yeah, (laughs) I I don't know. I feel like if anything, I mean, like what he did was reprehensible. He should have been punished for way longer. But it is kind of cool to see that he reintegrated back into society and hasn't caused any more problems. I mean, and the fact that whether like, it doesn't I matter. I believe, I'm a firm believer in people's rehabilitation and yeah. their opportunity for that, which is why I think that the justice system in this country is too harsh on a lot of crimes. Oh, absolutely. It doesn't really matter um, why but he, he stopped, did but he did stop. eat somebody. Um, yes, but well, and, and, and should have been punished for longer. But yes. I, I do think that there the is something to be fear. said. About the fact that he hasn't eaten yeah. anybody else. Yeah, but there's always yeah. the fear of, like, when is it going to happen again? Yeah, but I mean, if anybody's going to accept him into their fucking literature program, you know, and going to say something nice about him, you could be like, oh, I think it's, you know, admirable how you reintegrated back into society. Not, I'm impressed that you used your real name. I'm impressed yeah. you're not hiding. <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, there are things that he's you got done balls. that you can. No, there's something you know, to be said about know. like, yeah, I did this shit and it was wrong, mm-hmm. and, and I'm I not gonna hide that. from it. I agree with that, it, and like it, I am a whole hundred percent a believer of rehabilit- rehabilitation as well, and like I think that is the main that should be the main focus of the justice system, and it is oftentimes not, yes. especially in America. Agreed. But the fact that he didn't serve any time in prison and that he was only in a mental institution for For five five years years, and that he slipped through the cracks because he was rich. Yeah. Yeah. Not because he showed remorse. Not because he actually was rehabilitated and like was allowed to still continue to go through society and use his crime and use his victim as a way and as a means of getting himself up in life like that is fucked up yeah there's no no way that you can like apologize for that at that point and i think it also he got away with it because of the i don't want to say laziness it's not the right word that i'm looking for but oh, he's getting some fame. We don't want to deal with that here in France, so we're just going to deport him. So they were just like, eh, not our problem anymore. Mm -hmm. It was kind of poor police work. If the taxpayers of France are paying for this Japanese man who murdered somebody and ate them to live in their country, I would not be that mad about them deporting him Like, go to your home country and (laughs) let them pay for you. Let them pay for your taxes, yeah. But they accept deporting often means not going yeah not getting punished yeah yeah 
Yeah. This guy might be an anomaly to a certain extent, though, because how many mm-hmm. times did he try to kill and He was also, yeah. like, what, the size of Granny? Right? Four yeah. nine, yeah. I, I think, exactly. but I think, like, if he was bigger, he could have, he probably would have killed more, but also at the same time, if he was bigger, he probably wouldn't have killed at all because so much of it was due to his, like, yeah. inferiority complex that he had. Anyway, I wonder if his cannibalism, like the need as a little child looking at people and feeling like this drive to eat people came from like a malnourishment from his enteritis or something as a baby or Maybe. like, you know what I mean? Because yeah. like as a kid as, uh, to look at some look guys, at just thigh, a man in shorts like, and be like, delicious. Mm, I'm hungry. It's like, <laughs> also, it's like kids that eat dirt. Why are you eating dirt? Because you want to eat dirt or because you're missing? Tell me that problems. when you were in first grade, and even up until like I, I equate childhood to a, being on drugs constantly. It's like you are yeah. on LSD yeah. for, for sure. like thirteen <laughs> years of your life. Yeah, it was great. So how many of us ha- didn't have weird random thoughts like that as a kid? But his continued. It wasn't just like one conti- random thought. Did it was they continue like a con- right away, or does that just the first time he remembered? And then his messed up brain. Oh, well, maybe I want to eat people. And it's also, I find it hard to believe a lot of things that he has said in interviews, like after subsequently being released from prison, because he knew that he was capitalizing on it. Mm -hmm. He knew that if he continued to like play into this, the more salacious, the more money he would make. Exactly. It could have just been little man syndrome the whole time. And it's like, even the, pieces that he ate off of her like the breasts and the face like that seems very highly like sexually motivated yeah, and uh, and like in a weird way true cannibals would like save that like they would a deer carcass they'd chop it up they'd have pieces of it they'd freeze it like and there's also the aspect that it was only women that he ever attempted yeah, to true. murder and but cannibalize would he physically and be the able to he... ever overtake a man if he snuck up on him from behind, maybe like he did in the with same Renee. way that he did with Renee. Exactly, it was a, a sneak attack that he murdered her, and then at that point she's dead. Yeah, and then also the fact that, which like is very briefly talked about in everything, that he had sex with her corpse. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, the necrophiliac aspect of it is like, of course, sexually motivated. The fact that he like passed out, woke up, and was like, "Well, I might as well get on with it." And then yeah, the first thing then, he did was have sex with her. Corpse. I'm starting right. to think more that if he was a bigger man, he would have committed more crimes. I wonder if it yeah. was a, a thing of a opportunity. Sexual, I think he would have been a sexual predator if he. Were and he, maybe stronger. he wouldn't have been more the cannibal aspect, but. But, a lot but of I that think that sense of entitlement do. was always there yeah. Yeah. and would always be there. Well, yeah. And being someone who's smaller and not very strong, the idea of eating somebody else who's stronger than you, well, I could see that. And he even, that, like, like, even mm-hmm. said that, right? Mm-hmm. That yeah, he that he chose Renee because she was 5'10", which is tall for a woman. Mm-hmm. That's so But if he really too. wanted to be strong, he would have killed a man. That's where yeah. I get into, that's where it starts if to become really more to be sexually strong, motivated to me. If he really wanted to be strong, he'd just go to the fucking gym. You're a rich asshole. Just get a fucking gym membership. What are you talking about? Hire a personal trainer. A your gym. daddy can afford one. He paid for your fancy yeah, fucking lawyer. Was, actually, was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a gym in the 80s was just some barbells <laughs> and a weight bench. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to get back some into weight balls. the story. Okay. Okay. Some, Sorry, some I'm ligma? So some ligma? Weight some ligma? Lig- <laughs> <laughs> weight ligma balls. So he was almost hired by this French language school, but the staff of the school protested and Good. he wasn't hired. But that's like the only Go thing staff. I saw about him, like even potentially having any kind of employment. In 2005, Sagawa's parents died and he was not allowed to attend the funeral. He repaid the parents' creditors and then moved into public housing uh, where he received welfare benefits for a little while. And he said in an interview that being forced to make a living while being known publicly as a murderer and cannibal was a terrible punishment. He did it to himself. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And he acted like it was pushed upon him. Right. Like, one, he was a murderer and cannibal. Yeah. Yeah. And two, he embraced the infamy. When he was making money from it. Yep. And three... Uh, I don't understand how that is a worse punishment than spending your life in, in jail prison. or a mental institution. Yeah. 
Like if you, I don't if know, you think if I that, can't do you want to be tried again? I mean, we talked about earlier, just earlier about how three hots and a cot didn't sound that bad. That is true. We did <laughs> have that conversation so, today. Like, like if you can't get a job, yeah. so you can't support yourself, so you you're can't constantly eat. destitute. Probably like, you're like probably prison being in a mental right institution, now. especially a mental institution. I'd be in a psych ward they, over prison. They always have Jello. They give you cool drugs, man. Anyway. Except they make you wait in line for Uh them. So in 2013, Sagawa was hospitalized with a cerebral infection that damaged his nervous system. And now he needs daily assistance, which is provided by his younger brother and caregivers. And he claims to have regretted everything. Why is this the first we've heard about his brother? Like, what's his brother's opinion on all this? I don't know. Well, his brother's taking care of him. Yeah. It, because, it seems like his family. I mean, but j- what is the Japanese say? culture has a very strong like belief in honor. family and honor yeah. and all that. So even if he hated his brother, he might no. still take care of him. That was the story. And that's a good story, Hannah. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you I mean, for I, your story. I know you say he's rehabilitated, but I think if he hadn't gotten caught dumping that first body, he would have kept killing. He yeah. only quit because he got caught. Yeah. Yeah. And if he was, I think, I honestly think if he was bigger, he would have done it again too. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe if he thought, because like, like there's a if whole he was undertaking. Bigger, he wouldn't have gotten caught trying to carry this five foot 10 woman to the lake. There's a whole <laughs> undertaking with trying to like kill and dispose of a body. Yeah. Well, know? he had her in two suitcases. He like. That's still heavy. For but a, still. Yeah. Like, but it's not like he was like, I don't know the way that you said it made it sound like he was just like, like walking around at the carry. <laughs> Like, like fireman carry, yeah, <laughs> down to the river. But, but just like the heaviness of it, and yeah, the awkwardness of it. So happy thoughts. I guess Things that's that our story. Suck. So let's move on. Things that don't suck. Things that don't suck. Yeah. What do you guys do when I'm not on the podcast? You just not seeing that part because yeah. every time I'm on, you all just look at me after Belle does her thing. I, I, I think away. we just don't sing that part when oh, you're not. Okay. Or here. I'll <laughs> sing it if you're not here. Sometimes I was just curious, like. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like asking for you to do it one way or the other. No, but it's your curious. it's your part. Oh, is it? Hmm. Yeah, that's your job. Your job. That's your one job. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, no happy thoughts for me because I already did my job. <laughs> well, good. And my happy thought is it just did her job well. <laughs> she Thank always you. just exceeds, exceeds, exceeds. <laughs> Um, no, my happy thought is that I got free lunch today. I find Yay. it always exciting when I get to eat and I don't have to pay for it. Yay. Me too. Taco Bell. <sighs> but it was free. That was good. It was nice. Yeah. All right. Who's next? Um, my thing that doesn't suck is the notes they had and I have been passing to each other the whole time we've been recording today. Um, like the last few notes that we've been passing to each other is, um, notes that like actual DMs that I have received from fuckboys on the internet. Like, LOL, why are you depressed? (laughs) And, uh, LOL, have you tried going for walks? (laughs) Hannah goes, oh, no, don't kill yourself. You're too sexy to die. (laughs) And then I just got this that they wrote down so cryptically. Ripped off. We haven't ripped anything. Ripped off of the page, folded it, rolled it up, slid it to me across the table. I open it. I drop it on the ground. I pick it up. I open it. It says, we've been trying to reach you about your extended words. Evil I bitch! <laughs> like any the overuse of LOL. I tell you what, like who says LOL? Why are you? <laughs> well, I, oh, I'm, I'm so depressed. I can't stop laughing about it. There's a generational it. thing there, boys, man. I don't know how many texts I've gotten from Hannah that were like, "Yeah, the oil lights on in the car again." Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> school today ha ha but like she's doing that about herself like if yeah, no, but it's still that kind so of like but yeah that's yeah. not fucking funny it's not funny no, it is it's funny no uh, i yeah it's not that's, funny it's uh, that's insane. great your turn hannah um my thing that doesn't suck is that i got all of you with the ligma thing <laughs> <laughs> i 
You did. You, you got, got every single of one you. of us. And then I wasn't laughing at like when um, I was laughing that we all were laughing at something as stupid as sleep. A Fortnite joke. We all got got by a Fortnite joke. You did. Well, the knock knock ligma joke was the funniest, I it think. Was good. But Hannah like shut it down and I know, the whole I, know. I know, but we did it anyway. Ligma disease. Ligma doesn't mean fucking anything. Ligma balls. You're saying that to someone who has ligma? Oh my God. I'm right here. I we I exist. Am, I'm actually gonna go home today and be like, well, we found out that Hannah has ligma. <laughs> I'm gonna do it to Evie too. TikTok it. <laughs> you know what my original happy thought was gonna be? Were you gonna make it your beat again? <gasps> it's even it's leaving and it didn't fall. Is wow. this still your happy thought? Because it's it's resisting you. Oh! <laughs> I just blew over the Tower of Cans. The Can Tower. That was a fun episode. Almost. Kind of. It was a good episode. I mean, we had fun, but it was not a fun topic. Yeah. I know. I never know but how to ligma. like. But Ligma. But Ligma. Ligma. But Ligma. Balls. But Ligma. Oh, man. Is that what Hannah has? But Ligma balls? That's what me and the lead singer of Imagine Dragons have. We both have but, but Ligma. ligma. <laughs> All right, <sighs> little shimmies. Thanks All for right. joining our story All time. Right, yes, shimmies. thanks. We'll oh, you can you find time. us, little shimmies. You can reach us at FFS the podcast. You can find us on Instagram at FFS the podcast. We're on Twitter at FFS the podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Effed Up Family Story Time, spelled E F F E D. And it's email FFS the podcast at Gmail. Gmail. I mean, everything is FFS the podcast. It's Gmail. just like Gmail, Gmail. Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest. We have a Pinterest too. Oh, we have a Pinterest. I think I've posted like two things on there. Hell yeah. Yeah. So, cool. I mean, like, we're giving you a lot of wow. reasons to don't go to social media. Just email us. Just email yeah, us. Let's Send us it. your spooky let's, stories. Let's do it moderately old school. If we Please really want to go us. old school, maybe we'll open a P.O. box and you can write us a good old fashioned uh, letter. My I Nintendo am down. friend account is. Uh, no. <laughs> I am down on my knees. I can't take it anymore. I'm begging you to review us, my little shimmies. I can't take it There's anymore. our next verse. Staring up my heart when, when I'm with you. <laughs> All right. Thanks, little shimmies. Thanks, shemsters. <laughs> shemsters. <laughs> little shimmies. With or without you. Oh, boom, 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 boom. Bum, 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 bum. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>